0: Hello, and welcome to the Speak Up podcast. I'm Laura Camacho, the communication coach at Mixonian Institute, and this is the podcast where we talk about conversations, difficult conversations, challenging conversations, creative conversations, all you need to know about building relationships and moving your career forward. Each episode is dedicated to one specific aspect of these conversations. It could be me teaching you something that I usually share with my coaching clients or in my workshops, or it could be an interview where I ask some, a successful person about their most challenging conversations. Welcome to Mixonian Institute Speak Up podcast. Glad you're here. Okay, ah hi this is laura camacho and welcome to the speak up podcast and today i have a very special guest of course my guests are like my children i love them all but this one is actually related to me it's carrie mixon peoples and she is the owner and the chief organizing officer of neat smart which is one of atlanta's top professional organizing firms and just to give you a brief uh bio of carrie she is a georgia grad for those of you who went to georgia studied painting and ended up in pharmaceutical industry in the computer business and then i think it was in 2012 that she started neat smart and so we're gonna hear her story of um her conversation that she had while she was in corporate and how it didn't work out. So welcome, Carrie. Thank you for... Um, oh, thank yes. you. Thank you for
1: the glowing introduction. That's very nice to, to hear. I appreciate that.
0: And I've known her ever since she was born. Oh, yeah, I wanted to tell everybody that, yes, I was nine when she was born, and I was going through a Native American phase. I, I wonder if that puts me in the same category as Elizabeth Warren, but I was You're only nine. probably...
1: You're probably part Indian somewhere, <laughs> Native American somewhere back there, I'm sure.
0: Yes. Well, I wanted to be an Indian princess, and I wore braids, and I dressed up like Pocahontas, according to my vision of Pocahontas. This was before the Disney movie, and we're a lot of friends and wanted to name my sister Tiger Lily, but my mom preferred the name Carrie. But I'm sure you'll agree that Tiger Lily would have been a very cool name. All right, yeah, think
1: of how my life would be different <laughs> right. if I were Tiger Lily tiger. instead of Carrie.
0: Yes, the, the, All the right. possibilities. All yes. right, so let's dive in. So, tell us a little bit of the background, like where you know, what the company that you were in, and kind of set up the story of this conversation. Um, you could call it a fail or just not going the way you thought it would go.
1: Sure. So um, as Laura mentioned, I spent some time in the pharmaceutical industry and this is back in the, let me think for a second, mid nineties. And then I, um, I used to do software training for a, a, a software company um, that was geared towards helping pharmaceutical reps and managers. And so this again, like I said, late nineties, I did this for several years um, and then I moved over to doing sales for a luxury brand, Cartier, and that had me on the road also, uh, so did a lot of traveling then, and then I thought I'd want to settle down a little bit more. So, um, I w- was approached to ended up doing some work for a very small software company. I was the uh, 13th employee, and this isn't exciting to top it necessarily, but I was, um, doing training and I was doing some instructional design. The company uh, was just getting started, and it, so they were really looking for you know, people who could wear a lot of hats, which I thoroughly enjoyed. And um, I wrote some of the uh, documentation. I traveled and tr- did training. And then as the company grew, I moved into more of you know, doing the implementations, which was working with people and customizing the software. And it was uh, working primarily with hospitals and health insurance companies, helping them to manage their compliance programs, which again is not super exciting at the outset, but w- what I loved is that I got to work on really helping people organize documentation and do what's called process improvement. So helping people manage things to make their lives easier at work. And later on, I ended up applying that in a different fashion with my um uh, professional organizing business. But anyway, I was, you know, at the beginning of this company and and, and helped them grow. Um, I eventually transitioned into a, a position they created for me, which was really nice. And it was account management. So all these people that I had, had helped to use the application, all of our clients, I was responsible for making sure that they were still happy with it. And our um, system was revolutionary in some aspects at the time because it was software as a service, which means it was something that you had to log into, uh, and use remotely, which was, which was relatively new. Now it's pretty much expected, but, um, it was important that clients be happy with the application and so that they would want to keep using it and keep subscribing to it. So my job was not just customer satisfaction, but making sure that, um, it was meeting their needs, were there product changes that uh, needed to happen, were they, you know, were there industry changes that were occurring, so I was speaking directly to sales, and I was speaking to um, our internal product management department, and support, and anyway, I still wore a lot of hats, even though I was technically just an account manager, but I had a lot of responsibilities. I had I think 130 clients to keep track of at one point. And of course, as we sold more clients or sold more, you know, gained more clients, I got more. So um, my, my customer list was only growing at that time.
0: And and Kara, just to bump in for a second, you know, describing your, I think today that that position would be a customer success role or because that's a big thing, or, or customer experience role. So that was kind of the development, just as you're describing how your job changed. I yes, think- and, and, and I think
1: things are changing even more rapidly now and diversifying, um, and I say diversify in that the roles in some ways are getting smaller. They're becoming much more focused because you're dealing with more people. And um, right. I enjoyed all the changes that I went from you know this position to that position to doing all these different activities uh, that certainly um, fueled my my curiosity and I, I enjoyed learning so many different aspects of the uh, of the customer experience which which made me a valuable employee um, I think when you have that company knowledge and nobody should ever um, discount this for themselves if you've been with a company a long time I mean you are valuable because you've just got so much experience and so much history, so people should should uh, yes, respect a, that.
0: Yes, it is an asset to the company to have people with that depth and textured knowledge about yes. them about the company. Yes. And, and about how the clients
1: use the application, mm-hmm. and or again, whether it's your you're selling widgets, it's, it's why do they like these widgets, and work you know what works well here. What are what are our weaknesses? What can we improve upon? And so I, w- I was responsible for relaying a lot of that information back to our you know, senior management and product management to let them know, hey it's, this is what our competitor does well and this is what you know what we do well and, and so forth.
0: Okay. so then what happened?
1: Okay, so I guess
0: the conversation mm-hmm. um,
1: so edit I'm trying I got to think back on the year so I was probably seven plus years in at this point, And I was really just overwhelmed and tired. Um, I, I was on the road quite a bit. I would travel the whole country. Uh, we had clients all over, which was great, but, um, it just, it meant a lot of travel and a lot of you know documentation and following up. And like I said, being, um, <laughs> Being available not only to our customers but also internally as well as mm-hmm. support. I would sometimes help our salespeople with future presentations as they would say, "Oh, well, we want to know how uh, a particular customer or customer type uses this application," and so they would sometimes bring me along on the uh, the sales call. So I was I was really busy. I was overwhelmed and just feeling like, okay, I'm I'm constantly juggling and. I'm trying to, you know, keep up, keep my head above water. And I, I was overwhelmed. And so my, um, uh, what do you call it, review came around. I thought, okay, great. This will be a good time for me to air my woes and explain what I need and see if I can get a raise because I'm just, this is just too much. I'm, and I'm working really hard. And I knew I was valuable. Um, I just felt like I deserved more at that point so I had my review with my boss and you know, everything of course was, he, he was a good reviewer. You know, some reviewers or some, sometimes employers won't give an A just because they don't want to give an A, but he would,
0: which which
1: was, there's, there's some that are like, Oh, nobody, nobody's an A. But, um, and, and he asked like, so, you know, do you have any comments? And I just said, you know, I am super overwhelmed. I mean, I've just been working my, my tail off here. Um, I think I deserve a raise and I would like one. And I didn't throw out a number. I just said, I'd like a raise. And pretty quickly he got back to me and just said, you know, um, we can't do that. Sorry. It's just, it's just not in the cards. And I was really hurt by that because I felt like, I I took it very personally. To me, Mm -hmm. that was showing that they didn't value me and my efforts. So I came back to him and I said, well, can you take off some of this responsibility for me? I said, I've got 130 clients I'm responsible for. I can't do a good job with all of them. And that's something that I, that I had scored well on that, that people knew that they could rely on me, whether they were uh, you know, within the company or external. And he said, no, we, we just, we don't have it in our budget to, to bring on somebody else. And I, I don't know, it, it felt very dismissive to me. It's like, you're doing a great job, but we just, we can't make any changes right now. And, and we just, we just can't, we don't have the I think bandwidth was the, uh,
0: the yes, buzzword. That's still a buzzword. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so I think
1: that was probably in the summer. I want to say that was in August. I actually, if I go through my, my files in my office, I think I still have that, a copy of my review.
0: And, right. So, um, so you got a positive review and you asked for a raise, no raise, no reduction of work, no redistribution of work and no real reason given either. Right.
1: Correct. It was just, you know, you're doing a great job, but you can, you can, you can do this. You'll be fine. <laughs> kind of just this, it felt like a very dismissive, you know, pat on the back. Okay. Move on. And I get back to work. So. um I just I I felt very frustrated by that, and um, it like I said, it hurt my feelings. And it just made it made me feel like I wasn't valued, and I knew that I was. So I just thought, okay, well, maybe this just isn't the maybe we've just grown so much that this just isn't the place for me anymore. And mm-hmm. I had been kind of noodling in the back of my head, you know, what do I want to do when I grow up? And the idea of of doing professional organizing for people, you know, going in and organizing their closets and their kitchens and pantries. That was all very appealing to me. And that just started my brain thinking, well, you know what, maybe, maybe now is the time to leave because now when is a good time to leave? And they're clearly, you know, I've reached my, my peak here and I can't really go any further. So I, I, that that idea just started uh, toying, you know, started noodling that around and taking that idea much more seriously and, and really thinking about uh, leaving the company and starting my own business.
0: Right, and I, and I think in the situation when you have a high performing employee asking for something, um, I mean, and, and I've I've heard this situation before, and and there's so many ways to handle it, and you were just left with nothing. So, and the next yeah. part of this interview um, I, is the idea of sharing a conversation that wasn't necessarily a failed conversation, but one that had a big impact on your life. Because as we know, you know, big things happen to us through conversations, you know, one phone yeah. call, one conversation can have a very dramatic impact on your life. So tell us that story.
1: So maybe I don't know if this is first conversation is more dramatic or the second one, but I eventually made up my mind to leave and um, I'm trying to remember the exact uh, order of events here, but in January of that next year. So I think that was 07. And so this was January of 08. um, There was an announcement made that the company had been acquired and I just took that as a sign of okay you're done here time to move on Mm -hmm. so I prepared to march into my boss's office and, and give him my my notice and at that point I'd already made up my mind to to start my own business doing the organizing I had done a bunch of research and I found out that there was this national association of professional organizers and I booked a um a trip to their uh, national conference that was going to be happening in March that year. So I planned out. I'm going to give my notice in January, and I'll work through February, and then I'll go to this conference in March, and I'll be in business, and you know, I'm I'm good to go here. So I marched into my boss's office, and I just said, "Okay, you know, I uh, just wanted to give you a little heads up. I'm I'm turning in my resignation," and I. I don't think I've ever been more nervous about a conversation. I I could feel it in the pit of my stomach. My Mm. hands were sweaty. It was like I had told my dad I wrecked the car or something. I was just, (laughs) oh, did not want to have this conversation
0: at all. Let's uh, just unpack that for a minute because it reminds me of, you know, that when we – Feel that way because we know that our message is not going to be well received. Like that we're going to inconvenience yes. them, or it's not going to be good for. Them. I just had a conversation yesterday with somebody, with it was toying between about taking a job offer, and she wanted to take it, but she knew it would cause her current company hardship. I'm like, take it, <laughs> but it's, it's isn't true, it really hard. <laughs> yeah, it is
1: hard, and of course, yeah, we we don't want to do something that. Hurt someone else, even if we're kind of mad at that person. I mean, I wasn't mad at my boss, but I was like, okay, well, you know, he showed me that he really didn't care about me. So I've, I've made other plans and that's, you know, that's how can he expect me to sit around when I'm, I'm, I'm drowning here. He can't give me more money and he can't take away any responsibilities. So I felt like he was communicating very clearly to me. So my assumptions led me to say, okay, fine, I'm out of here. I'm going to start my own business and I'll see y'all. I was planning on not being, I was going to be there more than two weeks. I felt Mm -hmm. like I owed them that, but um, it's just interesting. We all, we all had our reasons for, for acting a certain way. And it also shows that, um, you know, (laughs) Sometimes we communicate in little vacuums that we don't necessarily know what's what's going on. But right. um, but anyway, I, he he told me he was shocked that I was turning in my notice. He said I thought you were really happy here, and I said, you know, I'm exhausted. I said I've been you know flying around the country all the time. I said I, I'm not enjoying this anymore, and. I've asked for more money and you didn't give it to me. And I asked to have fewer responsibility, a fewer clients to take care of, and you didn't change that. So I just decided that this was it. And he was like, well, oh, I mean, he was surprised. He really was taken aback. And um, I don't know, that, that didn't feel good. I, I, I didn't want it to be a complete surprise. I, I thought he might go, yeah, you know, I kind of suspected that after, yeah. uh, after the review, but he was, he was surprised.
0: And because between August and January, like the topic just never came up because I know you're not a whiner and so I guess. No,
1: I'm not. And I just took that as, okay, you know, he said no. All right, I'm going to go do something else. Mm -hmm. But what I realize now is we were in what's called, I'm sure, in August, I'm sure we were in something called a quiet period, which is you can't discuss the future of the company. They were already – again, I don't know this to be sure I can verify it, but they were probably in negotiations to sell the company and you can't say, Oh, you know, they've got a report. Oh, this is what everybody's salary is. And they can't then go, Oh, but we're going to pay this one, you know, $10,000 more or something. Mm -hmm. you you, You can't really make any big changes. So there was, there were things going on that I was not aware of at all. And, I think I personalized something that really wasn't personal at all. I think if, if he could have given me more money, he probably would have, but he couldn't, it was like we were on lockdown mode. So, and I didn't go back and say, okay, well, can you, um, yeah, I was already doing some work from home, but you know, can you pay for me to get this additional certification or, um, go to this conference. I I pretty much shut the door at that point, And I think I could have probably negotiated some kind of different compensation. I think people get really wrapped up in a title and they get really wrapped up in a, a salary, which is absolutely important. But there's right. other types of ways that people can show um, your value, or, or appreciation, or, or, or have compensation. I mean,
0: right, because we all just different mean, ways. It's just so important to feel like you are wanted and appreciated for you, for your person, for your specific contributions to the company. Because everybody fulfills their role in a little bit different way and brings different strengths and you know, weaknesses or yeah. opportunities to the table.
1: So, did, and again, hindsight, I probably yeah. should have had another couple of conversations now i i know when you're selling a company you can't there's not a whole lot of room to negotiate with your employees but um you know once that announcement was made i probably should have Well, i shouldn't say i probably should have because i'm i'm very happy having my own company but um and i was able to to make that transition but if I were advising somebody else, I would say, you know, are you really sure that you want to leave? Now might be a time to negotiate something different and mm-hmm. and be open to another conversation. But like I said, I had already made up my mind because in that you know six month time frame between the review, of, <clears throat> excuse me, and the announcement, mm-hmm. um, that I was re- I was done. So you know, just the thing is, there's there's a lot of times things going on that have nothing to do with you. And it wasn't, I mean, they valued me. Absolutely. They came back and offered me a couple of different jobs after I gave my notice. Like, oh, you know, you could stay on and do this and you could stay on and do that. But Mm -hmm. I'd already made up my mind, so it didn't matter. But, you know, a lot of times we ask for more money or we ask for recognition. And if we hear no, it may not be because were a bad employee or uh, I, it, it just may have nothing to do with, with you per se. There were other, other circumstances. And I think you have to be confident in your um, value to go back and ask, ask a second time, ask again.
0: Absolutely. Excuse me. <coughs> it's so, but some, so many times we get our, like the, the wind sucked out of our sails And we just like, I'm not going to go talk to them because clearly they don't value me. Yeah. And uh, And
1: you can really shoot yourself in the foot (coughs) with that as well. I mean, if you're missing, if you're taking the automatic negative stance and then, you know, again, it may not be about you. And then you're, you're jumping to a conclusion that really wasn't the case at all.
0: That is so true. Well, Thank you for sharing that. I I think that so many people can relate to this uh, story of being a high performer of thinking that you're going to get what you asked for because you have just consistently delivered above and beyond because you got a great performance review and then you don't and then how to bounce back and have that resilience and uh, come back to the table if you want to, or, you know, leaving is a, can be a perfectly good option as well. I mean, but not everybody wants to get out and start their own company. Uh, some people do and some people don't. So there's, there's, I think we tend to underestimate, uh, the options that could be out there, but other, your boss is not going to sit back and, you know, break his brain trying to figure out how to make you happy.
1: Is no, absolutely. And I think you. I
0: mean, he doesn't even know. Like, what does she want?
1: Well, absolutely. And I think you have to be, you can't just, again, take it personally and, and let the door shut there. You have to be willing to have that second conversation or that third conversation and that, well, what about this? What if we tried that? Um, you know, exactly. what can you offer? What can you suggest? And I think people get very wrapped up in, well, this is the way it should be. Or, I don't know a different way. And you really have to try a different conversation Mm -hmm. or a different tactic because, you know, all actions have consequences, but it it could be that there's a better solution. You just, and that you could both uh, come to an agreement, but if you just shut that door, you don't have that opportunity to negotiate.
0: Exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, Before we wrap up, completely is there any other communication advice that a chief organizing officer would like to leave with our audience
1: well i think i've stated it pretty clearly but it is that um hearing no is not necessarily no it may be no not right now and there may be other reasons why you're hearing no that have nothing to do with you like i said they were in the middle of negotiating a contract for the sale of the company. And even if I had asked, they couldn't have told me about know, that. So, isn't, isn't
0: that funny that we just think it's about all about us. <laughs> because, and it's not,
1: exactly. So don't assume that something you're not getting your way is, um, you're not getting what you expect may be a good thing, but it also may not be no. And you can always come back And ask again and ask differently. And I think you, uh, I would uh, just to anybody, don't take no super personally and don't think that that's the final answer. And you can always come back and try again with a different tact.
0: That's right. That's a great sage advice there. Well, this has been wonderful. Don't take no as a no. Don't take things personally. Come prepared when you're going to make a big ask. Even if you yes. think it's obvious, it is not obvious. I think that's we just tend to. I mean, speaking for myself, I mean, I so take. It took me so long to learn that what's obvious to me is not even apparent to other people. You
1: have to. Oh, be absolutely, patient. and I, I think that applies whether you or an employee, or an employer, or you have your own business, Um, I think one thing I tell other business owners is so much of what we have to do in selling ourselves is just explaining how we work, and even as an employee, you have to educate your boss on how you want to be recognized, and and what what shows you that you're being appreciated, and, and how do you like to work? I mean, we we're all hopefully trying to achieve the common common goal if we're working for the same company, but um, we, we have to communicate with one another. Nobody can read our minds and that applies in personal relationships as well.
0: That's right. Well, thank you so much. So we're going to sign off now until the next uh, interview. And thank you so much for tuning in or uh, joining us from the big Atlanta. And we'll thank you. uh, You're welcome. All right. Bye-bye, everyone.